This is one of the biggest issues with men in community is it's very loose. You know, we're, we're kind of just like there to be bros to each other and just, to, you know, you do what you want to do. And I'm not really going to get into all that emotional crap with you anyway. And um, you'll figure out your own life. And I'm going to hide the stuff that I don't really want to talk about. And yet, like, it's destroying us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's leaving having been um on on both sides of that and it sounds like you have too it's like imagine how much we were leaving on the table yep you know imagine like how, how much we were not taking advantage of and leveraging to our strengths and like leveraging the strengths of, of the people around us and it, it it was like we were or i rather uh was just sleepwalking Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't know what I didn't know kind of thing. And just like going through life and like, oh, wait a minute, there, there's more. Welcome to Authentic Conversations. I'm your host, Ryan James Miller. And I believe the way to freedom, fulfillment and success ultimately comes by living as the most authentic version of yourself. If you're ready to live the life you've dreamed of, you're in the right place. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Authentic Conversations. We are back and we are just on fire having such amazing conversations. I know I'm biased, but they are amazing conversations that I've been having with so many men that above all else are really, really consistent in living as the men that they've been created to be. It doesn't always look perfect, but it is just a beautiful picture of these guys striving to be the best they can for their families, for the communities that they lead, for the businesses that they're involved in. And my guest today, Seth Studley, is exactly that. I've had a a brief opportunity to get to know Seth, uh, and little by little, as I have more and more, I've just really appreciated his heart who he is and what he's trying to do in the world. He is a husband, a father. Uh, He is a licensed marriage and family therapist. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, He's also a coach. uh, And so you'll hear all about that today. But for now, what up, dude? Welcome. Thank you. What's up, my man? Thank you so much for having me. It's uh... It's, it's, it's funny because I, I, we, we run into each other. We run in a couple of the same circles. And I remember when I first met you, I, I saw you. And I was like, oh, I think you're wearing the, the flat rim hat. I was like, oh, that dude looks pretty cool. I should go talk to him. And then something with, with the program that we're in, there were some other like um, uh, activities going on. And I had to go like back to my group and I didn't get a chance. I was like, oh, that's a dude that I want to meet. So yeah, you didn't know that, of course, but I, I did I did see see you that way. And it's like, oh, I need to need to get to know him. And, and I, I was right about that. So what's up, my man? It's good, man. I appreciate that. I should also say too, I forgot to say, you also host a podcast. Uh, so you are a pro uh, in your own regard, probably much farther along than I am. I still feel like I'm playing games with this thing, um, but it's a lot of fun. So we'll make sure to to, to point people in that direction as well. Sure. So uh, as we get started, um, all the guests here at audience should know that this is unscripted. There is one question that you'll hear me consistently ask, and then we kind of just let the conversation go where it may. So with that, uh, we're just going to start and dig in. So I try to ask this question of as many people as possible, because I think it's interesting that um, when we talk about uh, being a man, manhood, masculinity, um, we're all after uh, uh, us kind of like we all being uh, like-minded individuals are after kind of the same end goal, but how we define that and how we get there is kind of different. So 
With that, uh, Seth, for you, how would you define masculinity and manhood? Like, what does that mean to you? Yeah, that that's a great question. It's something I've thought about for a long time, and sometimes uh, it, it's not it's not been a static answer. I mean, mm. of course, there's some constants there, you know, but it's more of a dynamic kind of thing. Like as I learn more about myself as a as a person, as a man, as a husband, as a dad, as a worker, then that that changes my my. I guess, I guess the more information I have, the better decisions I can make, and the better mm. like conclusion I can come to. And I heard this thing. Um, this is from a, another podcast that I really like a lot. It's called uh, Order Man uh, Podcast with Ryan Mickler. Oh, yeah. And and he had a guy on there, and uh, he answered – one, one guy was like um, – actually, it's Gary John Bishop. We we're trying to get on our show, too. He was like, what does that even mean? Just just be a human kind of thing. I was like, okay, that kind of makes sense. But, but I, there's this other definition of, of what does it mean to be a man and masculinity. And – it was, and it comes from, I think one of the, one of the tribes, maybe like, maybe, maybe down in Australia or um, maybe New Zealand, Maori people or something like that. But it was, um, the definition of, of a man is knowing what to do, when to do it and being prepared enough to do it right. <laughs> if that, if that makes sense. And for some reason that really resonated with me because I, as a man, a husband, a dad, an, an entrepreneur, uh, you know, all the things that I do. I want to be able to like be prepared. It's kind of like the Boy Scout model, you know, be prepared for anything. So if that means like I need some education or I need to know some knowledge about myself, I'm willing to, you know, step up to go get that, to not, not let my ego get in the way. And uh, basically to like do the right thing when needed at the right time kind mm. of thing. And I can only do that. And of course, women can do that too. But I feel that, you know, I can do, you know, different things that a woman can do, just like a woman can do different things that I can do just biologically, spiritually, inherently anyway. And so that really resonated with me because of like, oh, that's what it means. So I need to go out there, get the skills, whatever I need, um, be willing to do it, have a growth mindset around it, have an open mind around it mm-hmm. and be able to fill that void, be a dad to my, my kids, be a husband to my wife, be, a, be a, a, a man that can bring a very certain thing within my community, within my circle kind of thing. So kind of a, a, a long-winded answer of, of my, my meaning of it, but also yeah. I believe that is dynamic. It's just not static. As I grow, have more experiences, and that, that definition is going to change sometimes. Yeah. No, I, I, I dig that. I, I, I love the idea of, you know, understanding of kind of what that should look like, preparing for what sh- that should look like. So I just, I, I think that's wonderful. Uh, so there was a lot in there that I'm going to try and grab back on, but one thing that you said and, and then kind of blew through, um, that I want to talk about, uh, because I think it is such, uh, um, a part of why society is destructive today. And I've been talking to some of the guys about this. Uh, Mickler talks about this a lot on his podcast in uh, just on social media. Um, and he's a love, I, I guess he's kind of like the love him or hate him guy. He's pretty, you know, pretty harsh and aggressive about some things, but I, I think that's fine. Um, so we talk about this idea of being a man to do man things. Mm-hmm. And we live in a society today that has absolutely destroyed that idea. And I have opinions around, you know, the fact that, you know, the, the, um, the rollout, uh, or, or really coming out the other side of toxic masculinity had men being kind of afraid to show that side of themselves because it was like, I don't want to be that. And then now we just live in a society today that has just distorted identity, 
in every stretch of the imagination. It's kind of like, just be whoever you want to be. And so for you, how are you grasping onto this identity of manhood and, and leading in that way, all the while culture's kind of pushing back on that, that, you know, you can make it out to be anything you want. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I mean, wh- where does, where does it end? You know, like if we can make anything we want it to be, then where does it end kind mm-hmm. of thing? You know, it's like, oh, well, I say I'm this and then boom, I it, it's, that rabbit hole just never ends, I think, right? Mm. And sometimes just, well, not sometimes, right now, it's just to the point of ridiculousness kind of thing. And for for me, so out here in the in the Northwest, I uh, worked with uh, a lot of tribes, right? My mom is native, Melly's dad is native. So wow, I like taking that perspective and I like to hunt and fish and be out in nature as much as I can, right? So I I don't know if you're a hunter or whatnot, but like, you know, hunting guys talk about it's not about the hunt or the kill. It's about being out there and like learning about yourself and observing things and all this stuff. Mm. So to answer the question, I like to look at like what nature does kind of thing. Like, Oh, what's the, what's the role of a male lion or what's the role of a male elk with this huge, you know, eight by eight rack kind of thing, you know, like what is, how does he carry himself when he's with the other female elk or the female lions or stuff like that? Um, Because there can be a lot of similarities in how we as men, right carry ourselves in our marriages and our communities and our, in, you know, the way we father stuff like that. And I think there's a lot of wisdom from that. So there are inherent things spiritually, physically, biologically, all kinds of things that make me different from a woman. Right. Mm-hmm. And there are things that I am better at than Melanie, my wife is right. And vice versa. She's better at stuff than me. And it's almost, it's, I, I believe it's that like innate, kind of God-given things like, oh, she's better at that than me. Why not let her do it? You know, (laughs) I'm better at this than her. Why not let her do it? And it's kind of like this thing. I don't care where you go cross-culturally, wherever, it doesn't matter. Like 99.99% of times when somebody knocks at the door very aggressively at 2.30 in the morning do I think about, oh, well, I'm a man, so I guess I should go down or whatnot? No, you don't, you don't think about that. That's just instinctual. Like people would say, oh, that's how you've been acculturated or whatnot. But I disagree with that. And again, looking to like nature for that, you know, who like mm. defends the pack or something. I, I mean, you know, like, you know, uh, I don't want to mess with a female uh, mama lion for sure, <laughs> you know, like defending her cubs. I'm not saying that. But like on the overall, like who defends the pack? Who's like kind of the leader? Mm -hmm. not the like alpha dog or whatever, but like the lead dog, you know, kind of taking the charge. And so I like to look at that to help me get wisdom about how I lead as a man, how I lead, you know, my family, my, you know, my wife, my, you know, um, kids and stuff like that. So, yeah, I don't know if that answered your question or not, but that that's, that's the perspective that I look at it. And then also, I think this is kind of just wise in the first place. Like if Melanie can just, legit inherently do something better than me but it's maybe like traditionally kind of like the man's job or whatever whatever that is then i i find it wise to kind of get out of the way and like oh she's mm. she's better at that than me like i i'm better at her than cooking 
right? But traditionally it's like, okay, am I going to be like, well, I'm better at it. I'm, why would I, you know, and she's better at computer editing. Like she edits our podcast and has done for, for years and years and years. She's like, she's better at that. She's talented at that. Let me mm. get out of the way. And whether that's ego or whatever, I'm going to put all that crap aside and go, oh, let her do it. Or I'm better at cooking. I like to cook. It's fun. It's like, you know, expressive and stuff. And everybody likes my food better than her. So why, why, <laughs> why, why wouldn't I do that? Right. Don't make everybody else suffer. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. So, so is that something that has kind of inherently always been a part of who you were? Uh, Were you brought up that way? Or was that something that over time you've kind of leaned into that role of a man and taking on that role and leadership in your family and Mm -hmm. uh, in business? So I have to say it's been kind of the opposite of that. So my, my, um, grandmother and mom have been very like matriarchal, right? And, and my, my parents are still together. So it's not like I didn't grow up with a dad or anything. And they were good at what they were good at and took the lead on a lot of stuff. So I saw, I had examples of fairly strong, assertive women in my life, right? And, and have great relationships with my mom and grandma too. My grandma's 95 and still drives and lives alone and everything. So it's just very strong lady. So I, I got a lot of my cues from that but then also which was you know at first kind of confusing because then we were we were part of a church out here in seattle i grew up in church we were part of of a a large mega church out here in seattle that now like imploded and the pastor kind of went bonkers and stuff um yes yeah and uh which is a whole nother story but i i did learn a lot from that we 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 played music there we served there for over 10 years I wow. learned a lot of, of stuff there about manhood and masculinity, but it, it got to a point, and anybody know, that knows that story, um, got, it got to the point where the pastor was just like kind of uber toxic and like narcissist. And I'm not saying like the pop culture narcissist. I'm saying like narcissist as like a licensed therapist would say, like, oh yeah, yeah. legit, that's, that's real for him, right? And that kind of imploded. However... Um, and that really skewed my, my version. It, it helped, but then really harmed it too. Mm-hmm. And um, that story is the same story of a, of a lot of Mar- ex-Mars Hill couples. Um, so I, I kind of like came out like learning masculinity from like really strong females growing up. And then going, oh, wait a minute, then questioning this and then learning a good version of it and then learning like a super actual toxic stuff and then having to kind of deconstruct all that stuff and go, okay, what works for me? What works for our family? And it's basically like leaning into the things that I am good at, like that, mm. that leadership, that assertiveness, that's like, um, hey, get in here and get stuff done kind of thing. But also like, oh, wait a minute, just because society or culture said that you're supposed to be good at this, Melanie is actually good. So get out of, get out of her way and let yeah. her do that. Now that's not abdicating my role as, as, a, as a man or anything like that. In my view, I think, in which I could be wrong, I don't think I am, is seeing that, being wise about it and going, hey, you, you, you're better at this. I'll mm-hmm. support you in any way. It's not like, oh, you do it because I don't want to. I'm too scared or like a wuss or whatnot. It's not that. It's just seeing it going, you got this. Yeah. And if stuff hits the fan, then I'll come in and, you know, do something different. It's, it's, it's actually super fascinating that, um, you, that was part of your experience at Mars Hill. So, um, I went to, uh, I went through pastoral training, uh, at Mars Hill and, um, yeah. What, what, uh, campus Orange County. 
uh, both in at Ballard and then in Orange County. Oh, that's uh, crazy. Yeah. So 2012, uh, 11 and 12. 12 and 13, 12 and 13. Um, so I, I went through that. I had friends on staff, uh, multiple friends, pastors of churches up in Seattle, down here out in, uh, in New Mexico. And so definitely saw the ravage. And, um, so very close to it. Uh, and now I've listened to as, as many people have, uh, the rise and fall of Mars Hill that Christianity today did, which, you know, it's interesting because, and and the reason I'm talking about this, uh, it it will make sense even if you didn't hear the story, but, you know, Christianity today took that story and turned it into, uh, just a, I believe, um, just a hit piece on masculinity and complementarianism, uh, and, and then just annihilated Mark in the process, which he, he deserved a lot of, you know, of the shots that were taken. I still believe to this day that he's an unrepentant man now back in a leadership role. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what was so fascinating to me was the way that it started off, e- even when they presented on, on the rise and fall podcast, like it started out with a lot of amazing discipleship of men mm-hmm. calling them to leap. Like I, my, though I was, uh, I came to faith in 2006, my true clarity around the identity of who I was as a man, who I was as a husband, who I was as a father was actually the result of listening to Mark preach. Right. And, uh, and so there is so much good that can come from, you know, from that, that, um, I don't want to say aggression, but, you know, but, but leading through that way, really calling guys to get off their ass, to do something about the life that they've been called to live. That's like, same thing with Ryan Mickler today. You know, like a lot of people have a problem because he's very, very just harsh about certain things. Uh, And so it's interesting to me that when we see somebody that either goes over the edge or is pushing right against the edge that so much of society just says, well, we don't want anything to do with that anymore. So we're just going to swing all the way back to the other side. And so it's interesting that you negatively experienced so much of that because you were personally involved. And yet you still came out with this understanding that I am called to be a man and I am called to lead. Well, I think just, just like you in, in the early, uh, um, let me see. Let me get my timeline straight. So we got married in 2004, went through a ton of crap, almost got divorced. My wife gave me a black eye, which is a whole story we talk about on the show. Um, we did pastoral counseling at Mars Hill and actually mm-hmm. had a licensed uh, therapist who was on staff, who was also a pastor at Mars Hill. And he is one of the guys that I credit. And I, I will also be one of the first to say, I learned a lot from Pastor Mark's sermons. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. oh hell yeah, I I want on board with what he's talking about. Yeah, this is awesome, man. This is oh, you know, just like, and that was in the early days, right? But going back to the pastor and his work with us, he was one of the guys. There's been probably three or four guys. It's very important guys who looked me in the eye and said, "What are you doing, man? What are you doing?" And so Pastor Alex, Pastor Alex Gioni was his name. He was older guy. So I respected him, Mm. which set him up for him to say something like that. And just looked Mm. me in the eye and said, what are you doing, man? What are you doing in your life, in your marriage? What are you doing? And I had nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. I didn't have an answer. And that was one of the pivotal moments in my life as a man and and a husband where I was like, what am I doing? I don't like what I'm doing. 
I want to do something better than this, you know, leading, you know, kind of, you know, doing, doing right, basically. So yes, Mars Hill was very formative for us, for Melanie too, as a, as a wife Mm -hmm. and a mom and a woman. Uh, But then things slowly progressed to be like, oh, wait a minute, this, this isn't working. And, you know, a lot of people who know Mars Hill know the whole story. And so, so yeah, it was, it was good, very good. And then like very just this is just wacky you know and and one of the one of the senses of loss there was because we did music like every single sunday did music we're there all day hours and hours Mm -hmm. so we of course built community around that a lot of our two of our kids were born there kind of thing i got baptized there i think melanie got baptized there too so we had a lot of community and then when Mm -hmm. that just went poof gone we're like whoa what do we what now what's yeah. what's going on kind of thing but yes it was it was very impactful um and i i appreciate my time at mars hill is what yeah. i'll say yeah okay so um you said that there was this this moment uh when that pastor specifically you know said to you and you said there's a couple of guys that did like what are you doing mm-hmm. so up to that point in your life and in your marriage especially in your marriage where things were going downhill. I had a previous experience of we nearly got divorced and I didn't get a black eye, but deserved a lot of them. Um, when you were going down that path, you had other male friends, you had other male figures in your life. Were they not saying anything or were you not listening to what they were saying? They were not saying anything. And this Mm. go, that's a great question because we just did a show about this this morning. And I say it all the time in coaching to our coaching clients, you are the sum of the five people you hang out with the most, right? What Zig Ziglar says. So at that time in my life, I didn't know that. And I might have not been even open to it. Like, Mm -hmm. what what is that even, what is this old guy even talking about? What does that mean? Kind of thing. Um, So, and I, I used to be in a band backstory. Like I moved out to Seattle after we finished undergrad and uh, most of my friends out here were my high school buddies who I used to tour and be in a band with. Right. Mm. So we all weren't like on, you know, like, okay, let's do, let's, you know, balls to the wall every single day. So it was the people I was surrounding myself with. Mm-hmm. And all, we just didn't know sometimes to speak into each other's lives like that. You know, yeah. it was like, Oh man, it's just having a hard time. What's going on. Well, I don't want to say anything because I don't want to be awkward. I don't want to be like weird. Um, I think I would have listened and been open to the feedback, mm. but I just didn't have time. I, I didn't have um, people in my life at that time who were, who were, I don't know, wanted to level up, who had some wisdom, who had some insight and basic yeah. experience. You know, we're all super young and stuff. Um, but yeah, that's a good question too. Well, and I, I think that's like such a wise thing for men specifically, but then I'm also going to say this right now, because there's quite a few women that listen to my podcast. And, and I want to say this to you, if your husband is not listening, <laughs> is I, there was a season of my life early on in my marriage where I had amazing guy friends and, and they wanted me to be a good person generally, but no one was really calling my ass to the carpet when I was acting like an idiot. And they, they, some of them were actually watching some of it happen. Others of them just wouldn't push deep enough into that. Mm-hmm. Then I, you know, I did have one guy specifically that he was the guy that was inviting me to church that finally we accepted the invitation years later. Um, but I had enough other outside noise that was kind of not sometimes maybe encouraging the behavior, other times just letting it go that even though I did have somebody there, it, I just wasn't, it wasn't penetrating. So you know, if you're a guy right now and you're listening to this 
and this is your problem, you need to go find some new friends. And if this is, if you're a woman and you're listening to this, I hate to be like this blunt about it, but you need to tell your husband that he needs to go find some new friends, or you right. need to figure out how to help him find some new friends. Because this is one of the biggest issues with men in community is it's very loose. You know, we're, we're kind of just like there to be bros to each other and just to, you know, you do what you want to do. And I'm not really going to get into all that emotional crap with you anyway. And um, you'll figure out your own life. And I'm going to hide the stuff that I don't really want to talk about. And yet, like, it's destroying us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's leaving having been um, on, on both sides of that, and it sounds like you have too, it's like, imagine how much we were leaving on the table. Yep. You know, imagine like how, how much we were not taking advantage of and leveraging to our strengths and like leveraging the strengths of, of the people around us. And it, it, it was like we were, or I rather, uh, was just sleepwalking. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't know what I didn't know kind of thing. And just like going through life and like, oh, wait a minute, there, there's more. And a lot of it I, I attribute to like our, I don't know if you want to call it awakening, was a lot of the stuff that we learned um, at Mars Hill. And the, uh, the, the great book that talks about um, growth mindset or fixed mindset. And I, I remember um, becoming familiar with that years ago and just like, oh, wait a minute, a growth mindset, huh? versus fixed mindset and like how it explains it and stuff. And I was like, Oh, mm. I want a growth mindset because this sounds a thousand million times better. And like, yeah. ever since then, it's just been like, okay, let's learn. Let's listen to podcasts. Let's listen to books. Let's do coaching. Let's receive coaching. Let's do therapy. Let's well, I give therapy too. Um, let's surround our, let's do masterminds, you know, uh, as we're both a part of, um, let's surround ourselves with all this stuff and learn and grow. And it's not like you have to do everything that you listen to or whatnot. It's like, Oh, things are going to resonate with you in a different way. Just like a book or a movie does like, yeah, that's, I really love Lord of the Rings because the story was great. And you know, I don't like star Wars because of this or whatever, probably just lost a lot of people there, but uh, <laughs> I, I agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. We are right. Um, but yeah, it, it, a lot of it came down to that, that concept of uh, growth mindset versus fixed mindset, understanding what those both two of those concepts are and then choosing to have a growth mindset in everything you do. And it's just been game changer since then. Well, and, and I think that even inside of that, what I have found, so I have really struggled to attach myself to outside influences over the last year, or I've, I've challenged myself to not because, you know, um, through social media, even through books, videos, whatever, it can be very easy for people to portray something that they're not in the sense that even when they are portraying real success, that uh, they've really, they've really made it, which is one thing that attracts so many of us men. Right. And that's fine. It's like, we want to be successful. We want to build a business. We want to provide for our family. We want to do all these things, but we're not seeing what's going on behind the scenes. And, and then once the deeper we get entrenched into things, all of a sudden we start to see that they are assholes to their wives or they're not that great of dads, or they're just not around that much. And it's all in the name of continuing to build success for themselves. So I, I've struggled and I've had a harder time, which actually is one huge benefit and, and thing that I'm so grateful for with ISI is because, you know, here we sat in this room uh, last March getting ready or last year, we're getting ready to do it again in March. And it's like, we're going to, you know, we're sitting in a room with 150 guys, everything from employees of businesses to running eight and nine figure businesses that are all just willing to lay it all out there. 
And, mm-hmm. and it doesn't always come exactly the same way at the same time, but it's like, those are the people that I want to model my life after. Maybe not the same exact role or the same style, but that's the demeanor I want is I want to be able to put it all out there and let people pour back into it. Yeah. So do you, uh, outside of that example, which I'm sure you would, uh, you would agree with that, with ISI, that mastermind, like what other outside influences do you regularly uh, kind of attach yourself to or follow in order to kind of to keep pushing you in the right direction, knowing that it's not going to compromise your values as a man and as a leader yeah. in your home? Uh, that That's a great question. So I, it's funny, not funny. It's interesting that you said basically, yeah, sometimes I have a hard time of like, you know, seeing like dudes or other entrepreneurs on Instagram or Facebook and stuff, because I think it sounds like you fall into that comparison trap, right? Like comparison is a, is the thief of all joy. And a lot of guys, me included, like almost feel, oh, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to make as much money as Andy Frisella or something or run a, you know, you know, who knows, multi-million dollar business or whatnot. Well, I'm not going to do that. So like, I'm just me. So that also can be discouraging kind of thing. Mm. But also like, I, sometimes I listen to Andy Frisella. I've done 75 hard three times and that, that kind of stuff is really good for me because it's like that, you know, if you want to take the island, burn the boats and 75 hard, it's like, oh no, if you, if you forget to take a selfie and you're on day 74, you fail. There's, there's no, there's no room for error in that. So I really thrive on that stuff, but sometimes it has gotten to the point of like, you know, you see all these guys just kicking ass every single day. And I'm like, dude, I'm tired. I'm like, I'm getting burnt (laughs) out. And actually I have, cause I've been doing that for like, five years. And just recently after getting COVID made me realize a lot of things. I think I like, um, uh, have adrenal fatigue and like mm. how that has really affected my mood and stuff. I'm like, what is going on? But it's like all kinds of hormones and stuff. It's like, it's trippy and that's never happened before. Mm. So, um, yes, I have fallen in that comparison trap, but I've also been insanely motivated and inspired by like guys like David Goggins or Priscilla yeah. or these other guys who are building these things and just like, man, they're on fire. That is crazy. That is awesome. So that's like fuel, but it is a very fine line between like, oh, I'm, I'm like following them too closely and judging myself based on their success. So it's really a conversation of like, oh, wait a minute. And also felt like this. Have you ever felt, first, let me tell you how I felt. Then I'll ask you how you felt. So this was like the third time I did 75 hard. And I was like on day 60 or something like that, you know, like super good shape running like it was, it was like really dialed in. Right. But I had this nagging feeling, just this unstoppable feeling of like, Hey, Seth, you got to do more. You got to do more. And like, mm. I was running, literally running at night on my outside workout. I was like, you got to do more. You got to do more. And I stopped in my, my brain and said, Seth, you're doing everything that you set out to do. You're doing everything you said you would do. And you're actually doing it right now. So there's something missing you know, because I was doing the thing that I thought I should be doing, but I was doing it. So there's like this cognitive dissonance that just wasn't healthy. Have you ever felt that way before? You're like, okay, doing all this stuff, going, going, going. There's got to feel more, but you're not content with what you're doing. Yeah, man. I, I, uh, 2018 to 2019 was a big transitional year for me. I had, uh, resigned full-time employment, Again, so I went into business for myself in 2011, went to work for a client in 15, resigned in 18, back into business for myself. And I set off on fire. Like the end of 2018 was amazing for me financially, personally. 
But I got to the end of the year and I was coaching all these uh, these people in the same way where it was like, okay, so assess your year, figure out what went well, what, what didn't, and then we're going to light 2019 on fire. Goals, da, 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 like all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting there one day and I thought to myself, what a freaking waste of time. And, and it was so interesting as a coach to say that. And I thought, you know what? Screw my goals. I'm not setting mm-hmm. any goals this year. For the, for the whole of 2019, this is not an exaggeration. Anyone that was around at the time could affirm this. I didn't set a single goal. And I decided instead that all I wanted to do was spend every single day reflecting what I believed to be the best version of each role that I was called to. At that time, it was a Christian, a husband, a father, a pastor, a friend, a leader in business. And there was habits that were associated with that. And I felt this sense of freedom like I had never felt before which all the way through now to 2021 in 2021, my commitment was I was going to start working less and working less usually happens when you're crushing it financially. Um, I'm not like, I'm still, you know, I'm still tracking hopefully to get to a million dollar business in 2023. Like that's the financial goal for my business. Um, and I'm not, I'm not anywhere near there right now, but I knew that that was the next step I needed to really like release that pressure. And so I did, I accomplished that. I worked about 30 hours a week for the whole of 2021. I still grew my business, which was awesome, but I got to the end of the year and I felt like I did leave something on the table and it wasn't going back in hours, but I actually started listening to Goggins again and I picked up um, his book and, you know, can't hurt me. And I started reading it all over again. And so what I, what I've decided now to do this year is I'm still on the 30 hour a week freedom schedule like that. That's for me. It works well, but I need to be more intentional with the time I do have. So I can be depleting myself in the time that I'm giving myself to deplete. So it's like, it's, I've been on this roller coaster and finally in this place, you know, where, where I'm, where I'm finding that balance, because like you, I think what happens when we're chasing goals. And the reason I blew it all up was because it, it, you know, we set a goal, we achieve a goal. We set a bigger one, achieve it, set a bigger one. Like, where does it end? It, it, right. it never does. And the only thing that's really able to even be uh, tracked is the financial goals. And so everything else is just kind of like, I think I feel better and I made this much money. I think I feel better. And so it just, it, it just became this like hamster wheel that I didn't want to live on anymore. And it's been amazing. Wow. that That's inspiring to me. So uh, we, I started 75 hard for the fourth time, right before Christmas, Melanie, she, she did it, uh, once before too. And she was like, Hey, we really crush it when we're doing 75 hard. Let's do it again. I was like, well, Christmas and stuff. She's like, screw that. Let's do it. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> Let's do it. So then I was like, okay, ambitious to do it again, right around Christmas. So, you know, you just kind of want to do nothing around Christmas and eat crap and just whatever, you know, <laughs> it's like, Hey, it's fine. Whatever. Um, I was like, okay, we're not gonna do that. And then I got the crazy idea of, well, you know what, let's take it a step further, you know, going back to the question, like, well, what, what's enough? I was like, I'm going to run a 5k every single day for 75 days. Right. Oh, I know. And I did. Well, no, sorry. I started out that way, but we both were just like, I mean, I, I got, it was, it was not somewhere I've been before, like mentally. And like, I was pushing myself and I was just physically exhausted and I was dreading just every single workout, not like a kind of a, 
oh, well, yeah, do it, you know, and you'll be glad you did. I was like, I didn't cry, but I felt like crying because it was just so <laughs> overwhelming. I was like, I got to run a 5K and today was a hard day and it's 10.30 p.m. and it's raining outside. And it's December and it's cold. And I was just like getting depressed. I was like, this is too much. And then that's when I discovered like adrenal fatigue and stuff like that. But I, I like what you're saying because recently having COVID, like it, it happened over like New Year's and went into 2022. Mm. That's when we all be like, okay, 20, January 2nd, I'm kicking ass. Let's go, you know? And I, I've done that a lot and been really successful at it. But having COVID, it's like I'm in bed and I haven't done anything over new years or the first seven days of the new year kind of thing. And it hit me. I was like, wait a minute, doing less allows me to do more Mm -hmm. mentally, physically, spiritually. And it's like one of those books that we read in ISI. What's the name of it? John Mark Comer wrote it. Oh, it's about uh, the time. Book of busyness. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I don't remember it. I'll, re- I'll remember it later, but I read that and I was like, Oh, wait a minute. Uh, just, I'm, I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to like be the best version of myself in all the areas that I need to be and not be an idiot about stuff. Right. I'm not going to mm-hmm. gain 40 pounds just because I said, I'm not going to have a goal and that's better. Um, but I have found that and practicing mindfulness and meditation and stuff like that is mm. like, I get so much leverage out of that. I probably get more leverage out of that. At least right now where I'm at, I get more leverage and mileage out of that than than I would doing 75 hard right now mm-hmm. because it's centering. It's like prayer time, visualization, affirmations, kind of like the uh, savers, like the miracle morning with how Elrod and stuff. And I'm getting that more. And uh, that's really interesting that you said that because it's so, I mean, you, you don't think that it's like, okay, a high performance coach going to, you know, do everything. <laughs> I'm not setting any goals. You, wait a minute. I thought you were a coach. I thought you were yeah. like, you know, kicking ass and every, nope, not setting any goals. And, and that actually worked for you. So I really like that idea. And it's the practice of, of slowing down. Of course, in ISI, like Aaron just took a, a you know, a 60 day sabbatical kind of thing. And he's like, yep, I got more done and like more at peace and all this stuff. So it's like, I'm looking forward to doing less. Yeah. Okay. So I'll do more. So, so, uh, Seth mentioned a a book, John Mark Comer. I looked it up. The ruthless and elimination of hurry is the name of the book. Um, a a great book to read if you feel like you're going a million miles an hour. Um, okay. Now to something else that you said, because I think Seth, that you have painted this amazing picture. You kind of proved what I'm trying to prove to people, but I think that you're living it, which is so awesome. So, you know, you, you talked about 75 hard. I have some, I have some of my own kind of like personal challenges with some of 75 hard only because like it, it, it works unbelievably well from what every, ever anybody says. I've never done it personally. I know so many people that have it's cracked people. It's done such great things. It's created so much discipline. I can't say anything bad about it from that standpoint. There's just a couple of things in there that I think are more kind of missing for me in, in terms of kind of who I am as a person that I would like to see, but mm-hmm. that's for another discussion. But what you said was you did that. You nailed it multiple times. And then all of a sudden you got yourself into this season where it wasn't working for you anymore. And now you find out through kind of God, maybe breaking you a little bit with COVID, you know, then now you're in this place of like, I actually want to do less. And I think that if I do less, 
I could be more effective, which really brings me to, you know, what, what so much of the book of Ecclesiastes talks about in, in this sense of like, there's a time for everything. And I think that because you have the wisdom and maturity that you do through the outside influences of other men, through you being so invested into your wife and sounds like you guys have such a great relationship there and you work together. And, and I think that you are able to, with still having outside counsel through coaches and masterminds, you're able to say for this season, this is how I need to behave Mm -hmm. for this season, this. And and I think that is so important for guys, especially to hear, because even though people are, are, are not necessarily pushing the grind, grind, hustle, hustle thing every single day. It's still the predominant message that's out there. Like if you want to make more money and you're working a day job, go get a side hustle and build that side hustle up and then invest in real estate too. And then also do this. Oh, and then you got to like, slow down, you know, maybe, maybe you need the opposite. And so I love that that you've come to that realization for yourself. And I'm sure you're going to go back into another season where you just need to push yourself harder than you've ever pushed yourself before. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, it take, it took me a minute and this is, I'm not gonna say it's brand new, but it's, it's fairly new because like, I think we both grew up with like, yep, you just hustle and grind and kill it and go and go and go and go, go until your wheels fall off. And it's like, mm-hmm. Oh, my wheels fell off. Now I'm literally no good to anyone. Mm. You know, I mean, that's an exaggeration, but it's like, oh, I'm, I'm more of a liability than an asset, right? Um, so I'm kind of like new into that thinking because part of me has been trained up to be like, oh, I'm just leaving all this on the table and I got to do this and I got to do that. But it, I think it is maybe my age too. I'm 44 now. And just having COVID sitting there for five days, you do a lot of thinking, right? <laughs> I had to sit so, for 10, so you got lucky. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, but you're, you're thinking about this, all this stuff. It's like, oh man, I see now what I've been missing out on and mm. I'm placing value on actual things that matter. Like in our family, we have three kids. Ask our kids, we talk about it all the time. It's like, hey, what matters most? It's relationships, right? Relationships with one another, with yourself, with... God created, you know, whatever. And it's, it's like, that is what is important because I can, you know, get, get 10 new clients this month, you know, like generating X K a month and all this stuff. But if me and Melanie, like haven't gone on a date night for six months and have, you know, sex twice in the last six months, what does that even matter? You know, or if I can't like hang out with my kids and go snowboarding and do something fun because they hate me and they don't even know me because I'm working all the time. That doesn't matter anything. So I would rather slow down and go. Um, plus, I, I recently rereading the four hour work week, you know, and it's like, mm. oh, this is possible. Let's work way smarter, just not harder in the 80 20 rule and all this stuff, you know. So there are times, there are seasons, which Ecclesiastes is one of my favorite books of the Bible and Proverbs too, the wisdom literature. Um, there are times where it's like, okay, 30 days, let's kill it. Let's just go, go, go. And then after that, we're like, okay, these are the things that I'm focused on. And you can do 80% of the work in 20% of the time because you're just super focused, super, super driven. You know, have you have high accountability because you put men and other women too, like in your circle who will have you rise up to that. So yeah, yeah, the, the seasonal thing is so important. And I'm just there, which I made, you know, call on you to be like, dude, how did you not make any goals for a whole year? (laughs) Explain that to me. I don't know. So, yeah. No, I mean, it, it, it's, it's always hard. Right. And, and I've, I needed to, again, a 
a time and a place, a time and a season. Like I swung hard because I, I was just at the end of it. I was over it. And so I swung so hard and now I'm coming back into a, um, a balance. And I don't think that even balance is the best thing because I do think there's times we need to go hard one way hard. Like it, it's, it's now I'm just in this place where I say, okay, I'm still 30 hours a week. Freedom is my goal. My family is most important. I'm going to have this balance, but now I'm saying, okay, I I'm, I'm, trying to track for a million in 2023. So there's very specific business efforts that I need to put into place that are going to cause me to work way harder. And I typically have a shut it off after 5 p.m. rule in the evening time. There's been a few times over the last few weeks, especially that I'm writing, creating, I'm doing some things at eight o'clock at night on the couch. And my wife encourages it only because she knows that that's not my priority, that I've shown her in all this time that this is just a short season of time. Whereas before she's like, dude, put that thing away. Don't ever touch it. So I think it's just, it's finding the place that works right in the right time. And I'm, I'm feeling comfortable with where I'm at, but it takes a significant amount. And this isn't bragging as much as just, I've done so much work on myself here. Like it takes a significant amount of self-awareness, number one. And number two, I laid it all out for my ISI group on Monday and said, you guys, like, here's the five things here, are two things I'm nailing. Here's one thing I'm really, really struggling with. Here's two other things here. You just lay it all out there. And they just yeah. fired away. And so that was helpful too. And that it, it, like, actually, it sent me into a tailspin for about 24 hours. And then finally, when I came out of it Tuesday afternoon, which was just two days ago now, um, I was like, oh, that felt good. And so I needed to be kind of put through that ringer too. So I think it's just all about having that self-awareness and then having that outside counsel that's saying, yo, get it together or wake up or what are you doing? Which goes all the way back to the initial thing that we really talked about, which, you know, the pastor saying to you like, dude, what the hell? <laughs> you know? Doing? Yeah. Yeah. Let, let me, let me uh, hit on something that you said that made me think of this in, in context of, of, your uh, relationship with your spouse. Mm. So oftentimes one spouse is going to be driven business entrepreneur wise and be like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm making this big push. And the other spouse wants to be like, okay, well, I support you, but like, I'm like being left in the dust over here kind of thing. And that happened when, when I did 75 hearts, she's like, Melanie was like, yeah, you're killing it we're all having to work around your schedule and you're missing this and missing this. And she said that, you know, me and the kids feel like you're the leader of the train, like just this rocket fuel, you know, locomotive kind of thing. And we're in the middle being, being just stretched and pulled apart mm. all the while, like kind of being left in your dust. Right. And I was like, Oh, uh, dang it. Okay. I, I hear what you're saying. Um, so like it's okay, it's okay to be in seasons and stuff, but I want listeners to be like, at, so this is the, the marriage and family therapist talking. I want listeners to be like, check with your spouse, make yeah. sure it works for them too. Because what we don't want to do is like, let super like high um, motivation, high performance things, 75 hard, being a big push in a business or starting a new business. That's fine and good. Right but make sure that it works for your spouse to a degree that they are comfortable with it too. Because then sure I can have a six pack from doing 75 hard or, you know, like have, you know, 50 K a month and new clients. But again, it goes back to that thing. 
okay, all this other stuff that you're working for, like good relationships with your family and all this stuff, that's being left in the dust. And this other thing is definitely not worth it. A, a, a really cool thing that me and Melanie do often, and I encourage couples to do too, is just within day-to-day day-to-day actions, especially on around the weekend or like bigger things. It's like, hey, what are your expectations for this thing that I want to do? Mm. You know, I want to do 75 hard. What are your expectations for it? Well, tell me more about it. Um, you know, well, could you run at night? Like after you put the kids to bed, so it doesn't, you know, cut into family time. Can you get up early? And okay. Yeah. And so I have to make the sacrifice to do that or like starting a new business. Hey, what are your expectations for this new business or just a normal Saturday? Hey, Melanie, what are your expectations for this Saturday? Well, I thought we go to Costco as a family and I really want you to cut the grass. And I'm like, well, the game is on and it's hunting season. So I wasn't planning on doing any of that. Right? <laughs> so just being on the same, being on the same page so we can like, it, it's, it's like um, cutting things off of the past. It's like, I want to get out ahead of this before I'm surprised about it. And it, it turns out into a two hour argument that kind of messes up our Saturday kind of thing. That's so, so good. I, I'm glad that the, marriage and family therapist came through there because yeah. I think that, you know, for, I mean, I advocate for healthy marriage. Like the only thing more important than a healthy marriage to me is a healthy relationship with the Lord. And so like, if that, if that does not come into your, uh, you know, uh, level of importance at, at the peak, you have a serious problem. Like I'm just, there's no cutting corners there. And I love that you said that because again, I do think, especially in the circles that we run in, we have a lot of very, aspirational, enthusiastic, motivated, and driven men that want to change the world. And that world could be their little circle that they impact or literally the entire globe. And that's wonderful. Like there is nothing wrong with that desire. But if your spouse is not on the same page, you've ruined your life. Like, I mean, there, there's just, there, there's no excuse for it. And so I love that you said that. And I love those little practical tips around daily, weekly. And I love that you said, you know, just what are your expectations? I think that's just such a simple, it's actually a hard question to ask because you're afraid of the feedback, but you know, I think it's such a simple, practical way to figure out what page they're on. Um, and it builds trust. It, 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 it just improves communication, man. That's just so, so wise. So, yeah. And it's so good. simple too. It's like, it's the easiest question in the world, but it just, it puts you and your partner on the same wavelength and it encourages compromise. Like, Oh, I was going to go to Costco. Well, you know, we do need a bunch of stuff. So, you know, I can go hunting, you know, this afternoon, uh, evening instead of this morning or something. So I'll go mm. to Costco. Let's make a day of it kind of thing. And then, so it's just compromise getting on the same page and it's, um, well, it's it just, it enhances communication for sure. And, uh, decreases fights and opportunities for miscommunication. So, and it's super simple. So good, man. Okay. We got to land the plane. Yeah. Um, I could go on talking about this stuff for hours. hours. I, know, right? uh, I, I used to do long form podcasts two, two and a half hours at times. And then I'm like, oh, no man. one wants to hear me talk that long. Um, a couple of great, great episodes, but it just gets yeah. going. Okay. So I think, I think Joe Rogan is the only guy that can do that, but yeah. So. And he's so good to ever, to, to aspire to somebody uh, in that world. That's the man right there. Right. Um, and all his, all his views and listeners right now today are affirming the fact that he's doing good work. So oh, it's been geez. awesome to see. Uh, okay. So um, I, I've kind of heard this a couple of different times, but to kind of, to, to bring this full circle. So I'm going to assume uh, that on this earth, the most important people to you are your wife and your kids. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and so what do you want? What is it that you want your wife to say about you most? Mm, that's a good question. Uh, boy. I want to have her say that uh, he um, said what he means and means what he says. <laughs> means means what he says. First, I need to learn to talk, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but I I want her to be like, yeah, he was very steady. He was solid, and he reached a lot of people. And I, I think like being being that solid kind of thing, right? And that, mm. I, I think that mean that 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 has different meanings to maybe guys than it does for women. And if that's stereotypical. I kind of don't care <laughs> to a degree, uh, Neither but do I. yeah, I, I think it's um, like, I, I want to be like, oh yeah, I'm the solid dad. I'm the solid husband. I'm the solid friend. It was like, you know, it, when, when S hits the fan, it's like, okay, yeah, Seth is pretty balanced there. He's, he's mm. pretty, now it doesn't mean I have to be stoic and like take on every situation and water, you know, just bounces off me like anything or, or what are like a duck's back or whatnot. It's like, oh no, he was solid. Cause you can be solid and vulnerable too. And very truthful at the same time. That's and so um, good. very, very authentic. Just like your podcast. Like, Oh no, he was real. He was like really real kind of thing. And so that has been a process for me to lean into because you got to do a lot of self-discovery to be, to be real. And like, to be honest, you know, if you can look in yourself in the mirror and go, Ooh, you know, who is this guy right there? So I, I, I want my wife to be like, I was proud to be his wife every single second. Mm. I'm leaving it there. I'm not even going to ask another question. That was too good, man. <laughs> um, I appreciate the time. Um, I mean, there are a million different things we could have talked about. Uh, there's so much that you're doing in the coaching space uh, as a therapist with your podcast. I'm going to let everybody go and find you because I think that, you know, I just there were, there were so many wonderful things that you said from uh, just really, really deep um, things of belief and desire in your own heart to very practical, simple steps around communication that are hard to do, but very simple to, to act on when you try. And uh, so I appreciate that, man. I mean, it's, it's been great. I learned a lot. And so thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah, man. Right on. Thank you so much for inviting me. I look forward to getting to know you better, like, hanging out like in person again, you know, in March yeah. in Nashville um, at our mastermind. And yeah, it's been a fun conversation. I, I do feel like we could do this again. So I'm, I'm up for it, man. We will. We will. Well, guys, uh, you know, as always, if you have any questions, thoughts, concerns, whatever it is for Seth, We'll make sure to put his contact information in the show notes. You can find him there. Uh, if you want to uh, give me a high five, if you want to complain, you know where to find me. But in all of that, as often as I try to remind you, be you, be happy, be authentic. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Authentic Conversations. If you are ready to live the life you've dreamed of, I'm here to help. Head to ryanjamesmiller.com slash podcast to begin your journey. And if this episode impacted you in any way, pay it forward by sharing it with someone you know. I'm Ryan James Miller, and I'll see you next time on Authentic Conversations.